Hi, you're listening to Square Two, a podcast building upon Square One, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, as taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here you will find insightful, restored Church of Jesus Christ thought concerning the important issues of the world today. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Today's episode features an article entitled, Get This, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos, Many Good Things, One Big Fat Hairy Bad Thing, by V.H. Kessler, published in Square 2, Volume 11, Number 3, and read by Sean Canney. Note, Get This will be a new feature in Square 2. Kessler is usually reading a half dozen books at any one time, and also watching new and old movies with the family. It finally occurred to her that maybe she should share what she has found with the readers of Square Two. You'd have to have been living under a rock the last year or so not to have heard of Professor Jordan Peterson, a psychologist who first became a celebrity for refusing to bow to Canadian government-mandated pronoun use. He has gone on to articulate a philosophy of life based on his study of the classics of psychology, philosophy, and theology that has gained him a tremendous internet following, primarily among young men. Followers offer him monthly donations to support his work, and he has his own YouTube channel and is currently visiting 50 cities on a book tour. As he was described in one publication, Jordan B. Peterson has sold over half a million volumes of 12 Rules for Life, an antidote to chaos, since January 2018, a staggering number of books. His year-long Antidote to Chaos speaking tour is even more remarkable. In December 2018, he will speak to an already sold-out 2,000-seat Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles. His tickets are fetching up to $900 each, prices comparable to Bruce Springsteen and Hamilton. Before that, he'll speak to audiences in Europe from Helsinki to Stockholm. Critics suggest he is a fellow traveler of the alt-right, while supporters assert that Peterson is simply a traditional conservative in a world gone mad. Peterson's Twelve Rules is a prosaically titled book that has already been deemed a modern classic by his followers. Given the controversy over Peterson, I felt to read this volume. What I found was a work that brings back into fashion truisms that were accepted by nearly all circa 50 years ago, but which have gradually been abandoned since that time. How far we have fallen that these things now have to be rediscovered. How hungry previous generations left their children for this book to be greeted by primarily young men as epiphany. However, in addition to that very helpful cultural rediscovery, Peterson introduces into his work one big fat hairy error, which threatens all the good he had hoped to accomplish. As is traditional with my book reviews, I will find what is praiseworthy in Peterson's work before adumbrating that important criticism. 1. Many Good Things Peterson explains a series of fundamentals to his audience, to most of which Latter-day Saints would readily concur. If God sends individuals to preach truths in a way that their particular time period and culture will understand, then surely Peterson has been called to do just that. Here are nine of the propositions he espouses in his Handbook for Life. A. If there is no meaning, life is horror. 
All who live will suffer, and all who live will die. So human life must uncover its meaning. But you can't have meaning if you don't have a value system that deems certain things are better and others are worse. There can never be a sense of progress, but only stasis without a value system. There can never be a reason for any virtue such as courage, self-control, or sacrifice if there is no meaning built upon a value system. As Peterson expresses it, quote, We must have something to set against the suffering that is intrinsic to being. We must have the meaning inherent in a profound system of value, or the horror of existence rapidly becomes paramount. Then nihilism beckons with its hopelessness and despair. End quote. If this sounds a lot like Father Lehi's sermon in Second Nephi, you'd be right. Furthermore, according to Peterson, that meaning sets the stage for praise of God's plan. Quote, Meaning is when everything there is comes together in an ecstatic dance of single purpose, the glorification of a reality so that no matter how good it has suddenly become, it can get better and better and better more and more deeply forever into the future. Meaning happens when that dance has become so intense that all the horrors of the past, all the terrible struggle engaged in by all of like and all of humanity, to that moment becomes a necessary and worthwhile part of the increasing successful attempt to build something truly mighty and good. End quote. This sounds like the angels moved to praise the Lord day and night for the wisdom, mercy, and justice of the great plan which gives meaning to the lives of all God's children here on earth. Alma thirty six twenty two. B. Peterson points out that the individual stands at the center of a great choice. That is, the choice is between, quote, slavish adherence to the group and its doctrines and its opposite extreme, nihilism, end quote. The first can lead us to the horrors of group-centered conflict and holocaust, and the latter to suicidal despair. Peterson asserts that it is, quote, the willingness of the individual to shoulder the burden of being and to take the heroic path, end quote, that constitutes the appropriate choice between this charybdis and sila, and that the, quote, willingness to take on that responsibility is identical to the decision to live a meaningful life, end quote. Of course, members of the Restored Church of Jesus Christ would suggest a revision. The appropriate choice is to enter into a personal relationship with God, which inoculates the individual against group-centered crimes, while redeeming us from meaninglessness. Indeed, Latter-day Saints would assert the individual simply cannot make that right choice in the absence of an authentic relationship with the Maker. Given that there are indications Peterson is a Christian, perhaps he feels the same, but must utter this truth in a secular manner to reach those who are so starved for spiritual food that they need to ingest milk before they can attempt meat. C. Peterson feels that, quote, the willingness of the individual to stand up for him or herself protects everyone from the corruption of society, end quote. And this is surely true. It is but a restatement of the idea that all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men and women to stand by and do nothing. Refusing to be a bystander as evil grows is surely a salutary admonition. Now, Peterson goes on to express that it is the self-revelation that we can destroy evil just as effectively as evil tries to destroy us that makes all the difference. Quote, they see that they have the ability to withstand because they are terrible too. 
There is very little difference between the capacity for mayhem and destruction, integrated and strength of character, end quote. I am not sure I agree with this extension. Better it is to realize that there are chariots of fire that attend us, that God has the strength that we might not. 2 Kings 6.17 Reliance on the arm of God is, I feel, to be preferred to drawing upon the feeling that we can become just as terrible as the evil that fights against us. Indeed, was this not, in a sense, the form of satanic temptation given to Christ in the wilderness, when he fasted for forty days and forty nights? Did he not reject that path? Matthew 4, 1-11 D. Peterson urges that we be ark-builders. More specifically, he enjoins us to help create a social order that is not tyrannical, but is rather a sanctuary. Quote, to stand up straight with your shoulders back means building the ark that protects the world from flood, guiding our people through the desert after they have escaped tyranny, making your way away from comfortable home and country, and speaking the prophetic word to those who ignore the widows and children, end quote. We must step forward. We must speak our mind. Quote, when you have something to say, silence is a lie, and tyranny feeds on lies. End quote. To be a rock for others, to be a light for others, we must be bold. Latter-day Saints would probably express it in this way. Therefore, if you have desires to serve God, you are called to the work. Thrust in your sickle with your might. Doctrine and Covenants 4, 3-4 through as Peterson expresses it, quote, there is habitable order to establish and beauty to bring into existence. There is evil to overcome, suffering to ameliorate, and yourself to be better. End quote. Even if we are never given the opportunity to be ark builders at the national level, we can be ark builders in our own homes, and that may well be enough to save our nation if enough households follow suit we can successfully build the kingdom of God on earth. E. But in building that sanctuary, Peterson enjoins, quote, It is far better to render beings in your care competent than to protect them. End quote. Human beings cannot rise to their full potential without affliction, without the need for sacrifice and obedience, in other words, without the growth that only comes from these things. The ground was cursed for our sake, Genesis 3.17. What God wants for their children is for them to grow up and become as they are, to fulfill the measure of their creation, to know what they know and see as they see. No wonder this life is not about ease and comfort, but rather about challenge. Peterson eloquently notes, quote, People prevail and continue to do difficult and effortful tasks to hold themselves and their families and society together. To me, this is miraculous, so much that a dumbfounded gratitude is the only appropriate response. There are so many ways that things can fall apart or fail to work together, and it is always wounded people who are holding it together. They deserve some genuine and heartfelt admiration for that. It's an ongoing miracle of fortitude and perseverance, end quote. Amen to that. F. Peterson rightly believes we should not enable evil or delusion, and that, quote, the attempt to rescue someone is often fueled by vanity and narcissism, end quote, and not by real love. He asserts, justifiably, 
quote, you are not morally obligated to support someone who is making the world a worse place, end quote, even if they are your family member or friend. Rather, he says, quote, make friends with people who want the best for you, end quote. Furthermore, he notes that if you as an individual aspire to do better things, many will hate you for it. Quote, you disturb others in depths of their souls, where they understand that their cynicism and immobility are justifiable. You play able to their cane. You remind them that they ceased caring not because of life's horrors, which are undeniable, but because they do not want to lift the world up onto their shoulders where it belongs. End quote. All of this is true. And yet it is also true that God often calls us to reach out to those who have fallen in real love, not for the purpose of joining them where they are, but for the purpose of making them feel loved enough to have the courage and strength to change. In my life experiences, it is only those who genuinely loved me who made it possible for me to change. Indeed, I think that is one of the great and divine powers of mother love. And lest you think this means mother love is coddling, rather it is the case that radical truth-telling is part and parcel of mother love, for such truth-telling can lead to change. Such truth-telling is liberating for both she who loves and those whom she loves. G. Peterson encourages us not to compare ourselves to others. Again, this is a truism. He suggests that as we mature, our paths become so highly individualized and unique that it makes little sense to compare. What is more important is where we are aiming, for siding on our objective is how we navigate. Interestingly, and rightly, I think, Peterson urges us to first aim small, so that we will be encouraged by the success of our efforts to move towards our larger goals. He also suggests that we allow the educational experiences of our life to show us better aims than we had imagined for ourselves. Quote, what if it was the case that the world revealed whatever goodness it contains in precise proportion to our desire for the best? End quote. That's a question well worth considering, I think. Perhaps, quote, the beneficence of the world manifests itself to those who live properly, end quote. And, quote, to have meaning in your life is better than to have what you want, because you may neither know what you want nor what you truly need, end quote. Peterson also enjoins us to neither be totalitarian nor a utopian with ourselves, which I have discovered in my own life is wise advice indeed. We must not be too strict with ourselves, for, quote, your soul will reject the tyranny of your will, end quote. Nor must we be way too lenient with ourselves, lest we never undertake the changes needed to develop our full potential. This middle path also requires that we not blame our lot on others. Quote, don't blame capitalism, the radical left, or the iniquity of our enemies. Don't recognize the state until you have ordered your own experience. Have some humility. If you can't bring peace to your household, how dare you try to rule a city? End quote. Indeed, Peterson notes that when we blame others, quote, it is not too far from there to they should be stopped, or they must be hurt, or they must be destroyed. Whenever you hear about something incomprehensibly brutal, such ideas have manifested themselves. Peterson is spot on with this analysis. H. You cannot aim yourself at anything if you are completely undisciplined and untutored. 
Now, this is a piece of truth that sorely needs to be resurrected, reworded, and rediscovered by the millennial generation, especially young men. While suffering may motivate selfish expediency, that path will only create more evil and more suffering. To sacrifice, to work hard, to delay gratification, to endure hardship for the sake of that which is good is only possible for those who are willing to be teachable and to discipline themselves. Indeed, Peterson opines that, quote, Satan embodies the refusal of sacrifice, end quote, for, quote, to accept the truth means to sacrifice, end quote, which rings true. Though the choice of verb is ironic to Latter-day Saints, for we know Satan is cursed by not being embodied. In contrast, the will to humility requires hope, to wit, quote, the tragic irrationalities of life must be counterbalanced by an equally irrational commitment to the essential goodness of being, end quote. The choice is laid before us, according to Peterson, quote, taking the easy way out or telling the truth. Those are not merely two different choices. They are different pathways through life. They are utterly different ways of existing, end quote. Furthermore, it is imperative that we help instill self-discipline in the children we interact with, so that they themselves may become competent and thereby hopeful. As Peterson puts it, quote, You can discipline your children, or you can turn that responsibility over to the harsh, uncaring, judgmental world. And the motivation for the latter decision should never be confused with love. If your child's actions make you dislike them, think what an effect they will have on other people who care much less about them than you, end quote. In sum, the best way to fix the world is to fix yourself and teach your children the skills to do the same. Excellent advice. I. Peterson rightly points out that while progress begins through small steps, it is true that corruption also proceeds in that same fashion, so we must be vigilant. The route to monstrous behavior starts, Peterson believes, with saying yes to something one should say no to. Quote, if you ever wonder how perfectly ordinary, decent people could find themselves doing the terrible things the gulag camp guards did, you now have your answer. By the time no seriously needed to be said, there was no one left capable of saying it. If you betray yourself, if you say untrue things, if you act out a lie, you weaken your character. If you have a weak character, then adversity will mow you down when it appears, as it will inevitably. There will be no place left to hide. And then you will find yourself doing terrible things. End quote. Furthermore, the impulse to blame others, to ignore error, to sweep dirt under the rug, to not rock the boat, to not notice and to not react, to not take responsibility, corrupts not only the individual, but will ultimately corrupt the state, says Peterson. For, quote, deceitful and authentic individual existence is the precursor to social totalitarianism, end quote. Without the will to risk conflict, such lies prepare a civilization for a divorce from reality, for the truly big lies, and then evil will prevail and hell will reign. In contrast, to tell the truth is to bring the most habitable reality into being. Truth builds edifices that can stand a thousand years. Truth feeds and clothes the poor and makes nations wealthy and safe. Truth will keep your soul from withering and dying while you encounter the inevitable tragedy of life.
End quote. Well said, indeed. In summary, then, Peterson offers some excellent life advice, much of it in complete concert with the restored gospel, but phrased in a mostly secular way, so it will be audible to the modern era. Good for him for doing that. However, there is one problem with Peterson's book, and it is not a little problem. It's a big, fat, hairy problem that undercuts his attempt to get us to work for a habitable order of reality. It is to that topic that we now turn. One big, fat, hairy, bad thing. The very subtitle of Peterson's work presages the one grave error he has introduced into his philosophy. That subtitle is an antidote to chaos. Peterson asserts that, quote, the constituent elements of the world as drama or order and chaos, end quote, that may or may not be correct. As a Latter-day Saint, I would argue instead that that central drama is love, light, good, truth versus hate, indifference, darkness, evil, lies. As we have seen in our exploration of Peterson's work, we can all certainly imagine an order that upholds the latter instead of the former. In such a world, love and even truth are viewed as forms of chaos that must be suppressed. We have many famous modern dystopian novels that speak to that proposition, such as 1984, and more recent examples, such as The Giver. But let's give Peterson the benefit of the doubt by suggesting that the habitable order he might envision could be considered the same as the heavenly order, or the celestial order. Heaven and those who live in it abide the celestial law, Doctrine and Covenants 88.22. Indeed, God's order is the only means to preserve true human freedom, Mosiah 5.8. Eternal life, eternal freedom, eternal love are only possible through acceptance of the order, the law, and the commandments that make them possible. So far, so good. The habitable order, then, is the antidote to chaos. It's also an antidote to uninhabitable orders, but that's not the subtitle of the book. So what is this chaos? As order is symbolically, imaginatively, represented by the masculine, according to Peterson, chaos is symbolically, imaginatively, represented by the feminine. Chaos is the unexpected, creation, destruction, nature, the unknown, the black yin, it is felt when tragedy strikes or malevolence shows its face. It's when a woman rejects a man's suit. It's the matter, the great goddess, the predatory beast, the terrible mother. Order, on the other hand, builds, judges, keeps ledgers, enforces the law, insists on turn-taking and traffic lights, and represents the white yang, consciousness, wakefulness, clarity of vision, and independence. I diagnose from this too rich a diet of Freud and Jung. There are many egregious quotes on this topic in Peterson's book, but here is one that is especially galling. Quote, the terrible mother is the spirit of careless unconsciousness, tempting the ever-striving spirit of awareness and enlightenment down into the protective womb like embrace of the underworld. It's the terror young men feel towards attractive women who are nature itself ever ready to reject them, intimately, at the deepest possible level. Nothing inspires self-consciousness, undermines courage, and fosters feelings of nihilism and hatred more than that, except perhaps the too tight embrace of too caring mom, end quote. Men, therefore, are in desperate need of an antidote to chaos, 
an antidote to the feminine, which is apparently the impetus for this volume. Wait, isn't that blaming others for one's own state? Which is not something a Peterson hero is supposed to do. After slogging through materials such as exemplified by the above quote, the thinking woman is not sure whether to laugh or cry. Surely, the identification of chaos with the feminine is bald-faced projection on the part of men, or at least on the part of Jordan Peterson. It is clear from all of human history that, generally speaking, women are the source of habitable order in our world, and generally speaking, men are the source of destructive chaos that undermines women's efforts at every turn. This is well understood in popular culture. Who makes a house a home? What does a bachelor pad look like in comparison? Who is generally left to pick up the pieces, pick up the laundry, pick up the groceries? Who makes sure the children are clothed, fed, bathed, and read to, even during a war? Who keeps it all going, day after day, year after year? For men, women, children, the sick, the disabled, and the elderly. In contrast, who are you more afraid of as you walk home at midnight? A young woman or a young man? For someone who exhorts us not to enable delusions, Peterson's identification of chaos with the feminine is downright delusional. I'd venture to say that in the experience of most human beings, it is women who hold their world together, while it is men who threaten to break it apart. I'd like to pause for a moment and nuance that assertion. In my experience, this characterization does not fit all men or even the majority of men. Instead, I prefer to call it the 30M problem. That is, the approximately 30% of the male population who conduct themselves as mayhem personified. In noting the 30M problem, it is important not to overlook the other 70% of men who are committed to creating a habitable order in cooperative partnership with women. The world cannot persist without such men. More on those heroes in a moment. Right now, let's talk mayhem. From the very moment of conception, it is the feminine that creates order out of male chaos. Simply examine the situation for yourself. Which is chaos, Jordan Peterson? The masculine or the feminine? Science now understands that it is the egg that selects the most appropriate sperm from the utter chaos of their swarm. It is the feminine egg that creates order from the male chaos. After that, it is the woman's body that renders the fertilized egg into a fully developed being, capable of living independently. Another act of powerful feminine ordering. It is the woman who resists rape, and is the man who is the would-be rapist. And in this we see clearly that rape is a male act of sheer chaos, forcing intimacy where there is no basis for it generating conception when there is no foundation for it. Women's rejection of male sexual advances is in the service of order, not chaos, Jordan Peterson. In fact, women who do not reject male advances but accept all such advances are called whores and sluts in male parlance and are seen as forces of chaos within human society. Thus, female rejection of inappropriate males is the polar opposite of the chaos men pursue, Jordan Peterson. It is clear you are projecting a very limited male perspective onto a reality that stands wholly in opposition to it. Since Jordan Peterson and I are both social scientific realists, 
let's actually look at what is happening in our world and see if we discern a pattern. I spent the last four months doing just that, putting my findings in an online folder entitled Chaos. I had to force myself to stop after the four months were up, for the immersion into reality was such a shock that the archiving of it became my only redress for the psychological trauma of it. Ready? Really? Are you sure you are ready? 11th of June, 2018. In Mississippi, an army veteran, 29, used a butter knife, his teeth, and his bare hands to decapitate his mother after a fight about credit cards. Deputies found her mutilated body in the backyard, with her head 15 feet away from her body. He put her body and head in the backyard so the house wouldn't smell. 22nd June, 2018. Megan Bigelow, 41, was driving her sons Vaughn, 13, Cooper, 12, and Asa, 8. They were followed by Jeremy Webster, 23, after an argument at a street corner. Webster shot Bigelow multiple times before firing at Vaughn and Asa as well. Witnesses said Webster walked away and then turned around to shoot Vaughn again as the teen laid on the ground. Webster also shot a man in a pickup truck he made eye contact with. Vaughn was literally killed in front of his mother. 22nd June, 2018 Gary Wayne Lindsay, 35, of Florida, barricaded himself in his home, shot his four children, ages 1, 6, 10, and 11, then shot a policeman, and then shot himself to death. 22nd June, 2018, Thomas Traficanti, 23, of New York, received four years in prison for stalking his ex, mailing her drugs to set her up for arrest, putting her photos on prostitution sites, taking quizzes and tests under her name at school, and purposefully failing them, shooting his ex's parents home with a BB gun, sending her threatening texts, and harassing her sorority to get revenge after she broke up with him. The judge remarked, If you had had a modicum of intelligence, you should know that what you did repeatedly was despicable. 22nd June, 2018 Bryant Edward Doolin, 46, of Texas, was sentenced to 645 years in prison for molesting four young girls, one of whom was only six years old. 22nd June, 2018 Cops hunt New York husband Young Lou, who chopped off his pregnant wife's arm and fingers with a steak knife before fleeing. The couple also had school-aged children. 22nd June, 2018 a Michigan State physicist, aged 51, was caught having sex with his pet dog after posting an ad for a restless male dog or horse he could play with. 25th June 2018 A caterer's helper at an Indian wedding lured a six-year-old girl attending the wedding to the woods, where he raped her and bludgeoned her to death. He smashed in her lovely little face with a rock. 22nd June 2018 in California, a church handyman, 51, lured a four-year-old girl to the van he lived in across the street and sexually assaulted her during a Father's Day service. Children were playing in a separate room while their parents attended the service next door. 23rd June, 2018. A Virginia man was found guilty of fatally injecting his ex-girlfriend with cyanide in brutal Valentine's Day attack outside her home where he stabbed her with a syringe. The victim was the mother of his two-year-old daughter. 25th June, 2018 In Sydney, Australia, a man aged 21 threw a five-month-old baby onto a tiled floor in a fit of rage, 
leaving the child vomiting blood. He pled guilty but refused to apologize. He also threw a dog into a brick wall during the same attack. 25th June 2018 Joshua Lee Jeffrey, 21, of Tasmania, bashed at least six little fairy penguins to death with a stick. The young man showed no remorse. 25th June 2018 A respected Catholic priest had a secret love child with a teenager, sexually molested her younger sister, and later dated their mother. The priest has shown no remorse. 26 June 2018 In London, the rush hour sex prowler who groped girls on the street, one of whom was only eight years old, was revealed to be a 51-year-old married grandfather. He has admitted to at least 14 assaults. 26 June 2018 Blake Libel of Canada killed his fiancée, who had just given birth to their daughter a few weeks before. He scalped her, tortured her for hours, and drained her body of blood while she was still alive. He scattered parts of her body throughout their apartment. The right side of her face was torn off, as was one of her ears and eyebrows. Libel had become jealous of the attention his fiancée gave their child. 28 June 2018 The male head of a prominent charity in New York that campaigns against child abuse was arrested for trying to arrange to rape multiple children as young as two. He admitted he had abused a 13-year-old boy in the past. 27th June 2018 During a three-day ordeal, an Australian man kidnapped and repeatedly raped a woman, whipped her, pierced her nipples, photographed her nude and threatened to kill her family, all the while taunting the religious woman with the question, Where is your God now? 28th June 2018 a 77-year-old Texas man was arrested for having sex with a 9-year-old girl. 29th June 2018 A former Marine, 39, dragged a 5-year-old girl to a dark corner during a California wedding reception and sexually assaulted her. 30th June 2018 At a supermarket in Australia, a male customer attempted to strangle a female employee because he was upset over the store's ban on single-use plastic bags. 2nd July 2018 In Wales, a man was jailed for torturing his pregnant girlfriend for months, beating her with hammers, jumping on her stomach, making her sleep standing up, and forcing her to eat photos of her relatives. 2nd July 2018 An Idaho man stabbed nine refugees from Syria, Ethiopia, and Iraq, including six children at a three-year-old birthdays party because he was asked to leave. 2nd July 2018 An Adelaide Archbishop was sentenced to jail for covering up the crimes of pedophile priests for more than four decades. The magistrate at remarked, There is no remorse or contrition shown by the offender. 5th July 2018 In Washington State, two brothers were charged with luring a 16-year-old boy into the woods for a camping trip before raping him kicking him over 100 times, and bashing his head in with a rock, killing him. 3rd July 2018 In Georgia, a man stabbed his 15-year-old sister 53 times, causing her death, because she was taking too long in the bathroom. Their 12-year-old sister witnessed her brother plunge the knife into her older sister's body. 5th July 2018 A UK man doused his neighbor, 
a young mother, in gasoline, and set her alight while he smoked a cigarette and watched. Her face and body melted, and she was left with no fingers or ears. The magistrate noted the man had never shown any remorse. 6 July 2018 A 16-year-old male family friend raped and murdered a 6-year-old girl on the Isle of Butte in the UK. 10th July 2018 A female cleaner had her face slashed by a man in a random attack inside a public bathroom in Australia. 10th July 2018 A Texas man, 27, was arrested having sex with his neighbor's male dog. 10th July 2018 A 42-year-old Delaware man shot his children, ages 6, 4, and 3, and his wife before killing himself. He had just lost his job. 12th July 2018 A 15-year-old boy, murdered by his father, spent his dying moments trying to protect his 13-year-old sister from being shot by the father as well. The brother cradled his sister in his arms, and their bodies were found together. 13th July 2018 A 27-year-old Ukrainian father repeatedly raped his 8-month-year-old daughter and sold the photos to child porn sites. 13th July 2018 A 31-year-old Arkansas man tied up a 69-year-old woman, raping and beating her for five hours. She had to have her hands and feet amputated because the circulation had been cut off. 15th July 2018 A paraplegic 31-year-old man in Georgia ordered an exotic dancer, then zip-tied and tasered her when she refused to have sex with him. 13th July 2018 A Florida pastor was arrested for taking a photo up the dress of one of his parishioners as she bent over to put a child in a car seat. 16th July 2018 In Queensland, Australia, a female jogger was confronted by a man masturbating in a public park, who then chased her along a path before she managed to escape. 27th July 2018 In Mexico, a man gunned down his wife in cold blood as she was breastfeeding their baby, because she was taking too long to get ready for a night on the town. They had four children together. 27th July 2018 in Colorado, a woman was walking her dog when a man came up behind her, choked her with a rope, dragged her into the woods, and tore off her clothes before she managed to escape. 30th July 2018 In India, eight men stole a pregnant goat and raped it to death. 31st July 2018 In France, a man who wolf-whistled at a woman punched her in the face after she told him to stop it. 1st August 2018. An 18-year-old man ripped out his 74-year-old relative's eyes with his bare hands. He also knocked out the man's teeth. 1st August 2018. A 35-year-old Australian father sent his 12-year-old son obscene texts and then molested him. 3rd August 2018. A 33-year-old gamer invited a 5-year-old boy to play computer games and raped him over 100 times. 9th August 2018 An Illinois social ed teacher, aged 38, was beaten to death by her husband over the course of three days after she intervened when he was disciplining one of their three children, aged 5, 9, and 11. 12th August 2018 A Minnesota father rubbed hot sauce in his two-month-old daughter's eyes, blocked her airway until she turned blue, snapped towels in her face, 
and threw fireworks at her face. He testified he targeted his daughter because she was too young to alert anyone to the abuse, and that while at work he would think of new ways of torturing his daughter. He also had a three-year-old son. 17th August, 2018. In Australia, a 19-year-old man dragged his 14-year-old girlfriend onto the train tracks and tried to hurl her in front of an oncoming train. 16th August, 2018. A former youth pastor shot his wife, stepdaughter, and her boyfriend in the back on Thanksgiving Day because he was upset they had spilled wine, and he also didn't want the two younger persons living at his house anymore. 16th August, 2018. A 14-year-old boy repeatedly stabbed a female classmate on the first day of school in Oklahoma at an all-school assembly. 17th August, 2018. A woman was mowing her lawn in Canada when a man ran up behind her, lowered his shorts, and tried to assault her right on her front lawn. 17th August, 2018. A Texas doctor raped his patient while she was heavily sedated in her hospital bed after he unplugged the nurse's call button so she couldn't call for help. 19th August, 2016. In Colorado, Christopher Watts strangled to death his three- and four-year-old daughters and their mom, who was 15 weeks pregnant. 19th August, 2018. A Detroit man molested a sleeping female passenger on a plane, while his wife was sitting right next to him on the other side. 19th August, 2018. On this day, a 93-year-old woman was mugged in London in broad daylight, while a 95-year-old woman was beaten up in her home. The attackers were male youths ages 15 to 17. 20th August, 2018. In a random attack in the UK, a mother and daughter were beaten with a hammer by a 27-year-old man, a complete stranger to them, in broad daylight on a public sidewalk. 22nd August, 2018. A 28-year-old man from Atlanta pushed a woman into a path of a public train. Her daughter jumped after to save her and was critically injured, dragging her unconscious mother to safety. 30th August, 2018. A Canadian security guard robbed and beat a man to death, explaining he did it because he had been involuntarily celibate for four years and was angry about it. September 2nd, 2018. An Australian boy headbutted his mother when she tried to get him to stop playing video games and go to school. 3rd September 2018. A 20-year-old Texas man stabbed his girlfriend while they were driving in his car, then ran her over twice as she tried to escape. He then got out of the car, kicked her dying body, and drove off. 5th September 2018. In Australia. A 21-year-old workman beat a 73-year-old woman to death at her home because she was unhappy with the quality of his work. 5th September 2018. A male Russian politician shot dead a hibernating brown bear in its den because it was his birthday. 6th September 2018. In Ireland, two young male thugs filmed themselves blasting a homeless woman in the face with a fire extinguisher. 6th September 2018. A 52-year-old Texas police sergeant put a video camera inside a woman's restroom and filmed an underage girl. 8 September 2018 A 14-year-old Baltimore boy was charged with raping and murdering an 83-year-old woman in her home. 10 September 2018 
A Perth man murdered his wife, his mother-in-law, and his three daughters, two, two, and three. A blunt instrument and knives were used. In July, another Perth man killed his wife, their daughter, and his four grandchildren. 11th September 2018 An environmental scientist was attacked in an Australian pub because two men didn't like his man bun. The scientist lost the sight in his right eye and is in constant pain. 13th September 2018 A 24-year-old Texan man is arrested after his mother found a woman's body in a recycling bin stashed in his bedroom. The two had met only four days before her death. She appears to have been strangled. 14th September 2018 In Brazil, a 25-year-old father shot dead his six-month-old son at point-blank range because his wife, the mother of the child, did not want to have sex with him when he woke her up and demanded it. 13th September 2018 A 36-year-old Nashville man demolished a Greyhound bus station because he couldn't buy a ticket on his phone. 14th September 2018 An Australian man was arrested for raping his daughter and two stepdaughters so he could make child porn. The girls were between 5 and 14 years of age. 14th September 2018 A 26-year-old male prisoner tried to rape a female NYPD officer while inside a courthouse. He threw her to the floor and attempted to claw off her clothes. 14th September 2018 an Alabama man killed his aunt's boyfriend because he mistreated her and then decapitated his aunt because she was a witness to the crime. 17th September 2018 A male U.S. Border Patrol agent murdered four prostitutes in the space of about ten days and was only caught when a fifth prostitute escaped. 20th September 2018 A U.K. father stabbed his eight-year-old daughter right through the heart to get back at his ex-wife. After his arrest, he spoke only about his health problems to the police. 21st September 2018 In Australia, a young man ran over and deliberately killed at least 10 emus, filming himself while doing so and shouting, This is effing great. 25th September 2018 A 23-year-old UK man, knowing he was HIV positive, told his 17- and 20-year-old girls' friends he was clean and demanded unprotected sex, whereafter they both contracted the virus. 23rd September 2018 In Australia, a mother of twins discovered by complete accident that her husband was actually married for over 10 years and had another family. She left him and is now a single mom. 24th September 2018 a married Florida man killed his pregnant mistress one week before she was to have a C-section to give birth to their son, ostensibly because she refused to have an abortion. 24th September 2018 A 15-year-old girl was bludgeoned to death by her ex-boyfriend so he could win a bed over breakfast. His friend had promised him a cooked breakfast if he would go through with his plan to kill her. 24th September 2018 a married Alaska air traffic controller kidnapped a hitchhiker, choked her until she was unconscious, and then masturbated on her. 27th September 2018 Two young males coaxed a cat out from under a car so they can watch their dog tear her apart. They laughed and then flung the body over a hedge for the cat's owners to find. 27th September 2018
A seven-year-old girl was raped in a restaurant toilet by a 20-year-old man who had been watching her and following her when she went to the bathroom. 27th September 2018 Florida is trying to catch a serial backyard masturbator who peers into girls' bedrooms while he does his thing. 28th September 2018 A young mother was brutally murdered so that her two-year-old daughter could be molested and killed. The toddler's body was found stuffed in a suitcase, with a dishcloth in her mouth, duct tape, and a diaper around her skull. 5th October 2018 A 25-year-old man has been arrested for raping a two-week-old baby in Belfast. And shall I even bother to mention all the wars started and fought by men? The horrors wrought by men like Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and Mao. The terrible weapons such as chlorine gas and nuclear weapons developed by men. All those serial killers, serial rapists, and mass murderers. Are you noticing a pattern that the most vicious crimes against humanity, perpetrated on both a large and a small scale, perpetrated by priests and pastors, police sergeants and border patrol agents, fathers and husbands and lovers, and random strangers, from little boys to very aged men, both healthy and disabled, virtually all happen to be male. Jordan Peterson, how can you possibly believe chaos is feminine? To the contrary, chaos is absolutely, positively masculine. Did I find some examples during those four months of men acting in opposition to chaos? Those who loved other more than they loved themselves? Yes, I did and I happily recount them here. 30th September, 2018 A male 21-year-old air traffic controller in Indonesia stayed at his post to guide a packet jet off the tarmac as an earthquake demolished the terminal, killing him. 26th September, 2018 A 63-year-old grandfather in Oklahoma wrapped himself around his 13-year-old grandson as their jeep fell over the edge of a cliff, killing him but saving the boy. Nevertheless, those hopeful accounts were fewer and farther between. Even though the vast majority of men are not agents of chaos, 70M to 30M, women can be forgiven for believing they must be vigilant around all men, even those perhaps especially those who protest they love you. If according to Peterson chaos is the monster under the bed, the rustle in the bushes at night, the despair and horror of betrayal. Doesn't chaos usually wear a male face for most people? After you've marinated yourself in what is actually causing chaos in the world, reality becomes impossible to ignore. Jordan Peterson, if you are striving for a habitable order, you've handicapped yourself and all humankind by identifying chaos with the feminine. Why? Because that identification is such an egregious error in reasoning. That identification is a delusion and does not accord with reality, which is that the habitable order's sturdiest allies are and always have been women. And that means you don't need an antidote to women, who in reality are not chaos. You need an antidote to the 30M, who in reality are chaos, M, not F. Since Peterson is a fan of reality, it's thus critical to recognize that in reality it is male alliance with women's aspirations that is the great key to establishing the habitable order. 
My most favorite expression of the potential of that alliance comes from the ancient Greek ruler Themistocles, who purportedly said, quote, You see that boy of mine? Though but five, he governs the universe. Yes, for he rules his mother. His mother rules me. I rule Athens, and Athens rules the world. End quote. Male-female partnership and service of life and children is the sine qua non of that habitable order to which Peterson aspires, that great ark. After all, God's work and glory is to bring about the immortality and eternal life of God's children. Moses 1.39 I have been grateful to know many, many men who stand shoulder to shoulder with the women in their lives in building that ark. My husband is one of them. My brother is one of them, and many of my friends and colleagues are as well. I pray, and indeed believe my four sons will be those men also. They are using 70M heroes of our world, and our world depends on them just as much as it depends on women. It is vitally important for men to teach other men and boys about the critical importance of the male-female alliance, and of how to develop the types of loving, respectful, faithful, compassionate, equal partnerships between men and women that are at the heart of any habitable order. Men must teach other men and boys to reject the temptation to create 30M chaos. Embracing the goal of a habitable order means embracing women as friends and allies. The consequences of men harming women can be far-reaching. Indeed. Peterson himself even implies this linkage in a question he raises about Hitler's mother and Stalin's mother. Quote, Who instead might a woman produce if she was treated properly, honorably, and carefully? End quote. If women were treated better within their societies by men, maybe there would not be a 30M problem. Maybe the 30M problem is God's justified revenge on a culture that subordinates and exploits and thinks badly of women, badly enough, in fact, to identify them with chaos. Peterson's wrong-headed mindset on chaos and the feminine makes the habitable order he seeks far less likely to be achieved, because he cannot see the true origin of such an order, and that is one big, fat, hairy problem for his worldview. There are other gender-related assertions in Peterson's book that deserve a similar debunking but I will not give them a full treatment here. Suffice it to say that mankind was not made in the image of lobsters, but in the image of God. The drive for hierarchy, dominance, status, and power, so identified with the natural inclinations of men and lobsters, in Peterson's mind, and so praised by him, has already been shown by Jesus Christ, a man, to be a wicked and fallen approach to life. Indeed, that is the very drive that most effectively stokes chaos in human society. The drive for dominance is prideful, self-centered, and willing to harm others. In contrast, Christ's confidence comes not from dominance, but from eminence. That is, Christ's confidence flows from his standing before the Lord, and not his standing among men. It was Christ who showed the true way by washing his apostles' feet an act Peter instinctively rejected at first because it was so at odds with his limited understandings of masculinity and mastership. If Peterson is a Christian, 
then it behooves him to reconcile the man Jesus was with the twelve rules of life. Conclusion Peterson's book provides a wonderful array of helpful insights alongside a major and harmful error in reasoning. It is like a beautiful piece of wedding cake with a dead cockroach on top. If there is some way for you, the reader, to incisively remove the cockroach so that it leaves no trace behind in your mind and heart, you will find a book well worth your time and effort. This has been a recording of Get This, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos, Many Good Things, One Big Fat Hairy Bad Thing, by V.H. Kastler, originally published in Square Tomb, Volume 11, Number 3, Fall of 2018, read by Sean Canney. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and website are credited, and it is used for non-commercial use. If you would like to read a printed version of this and other articles on Mormon thought, please visit square2.org. That's S-Q-U-A-R-E-T-W-O dot O-R-G. Thank you for listening.